You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, welcome again to another Physics Ed Podcast. I hope you've been having a fantastic week. Uh, I certainly have. It's been very, very busy actually this week. But we certainly get to hear yet again about some awesome people doing some science and technology education. And I tell you what, if you haven't come across Ecolink out at Bacchus Marsh, west of Melbourne, it is worth your time. They're actually one of several science and technology and innovation centres, and Ecolink is an amazingly cool site all about the environment where kids can visit, all the way from Peter Year 12, and learn about many, many, many things. And our host, that person who's going to guide us through us all today, is Bob Hartman, who has been teaching chemistry and all sorts of environmental sciences for over 30 years. He's taught at a bunch of different secondary colleges and two special science centers in Victoria. He's got a bucket load of experience when it comes to teaching science and instrument components of the VCE chemistry courses. So he has an interesting background. He's taught in primary and secondary science and mass curriculum areas, and he's heavily involved with Ecolink. And uh, rather than me getting a full uh, introduction to Ecolink, I think the best person to do this would be Bob. And uh, I hope you get a bit out of this and maybe consider how might you be able to connect with the team at Ecolink. So uh, enough from me. I'm sure you want to hear from Bob, so let's get right into it. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech and more. To see 100 fun free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Uh, Bob, welcome to the Physics Ed Podcast. Oh, hi Ben, how are you? Glad <laughs> to is, be here. This is kind of all a bit strange when we talk about this because, uh, yeah, if you're not wondering what we're talking about here, um, we've actually been working together all day <laughs> <laughs> on this. So, uh, anyway, so there are people who haven't met you, Bob. So, uh, what is this place? What are you up to? Okay, so I'm Bob Hartman. I'm a science teacher, a science educator. Um, I've been teaching for a fair while, probably too many years. Um, and I'm working here at Ecolink, which is a specialist science centre in, based in Victoria at Bacchus Marsh. And it's a beautiful part of the neighbourhood. Like when I was on my way out here to uh, run this session with the high school teachers, um, on one side of the town was this huge storm cloud, and the other side it was lit up and there's fields and everything. It's quite a nice place. Ah, yes, Bacchus Marsh is out in the country, although it's becoming fairly suburbanised. It's a, a satellite town of Melbourne. Um, it's about, oh, about 45 minutes from the centre of Melbourne. Now, if you've never been to Ecolink, this place is amazing and just had a renovation as well. Um, yes. Just describe this space because you know it far better than I do. Okay, so what Ecolink's about is um, it's one of six specialist math science centres in Victoria. They're all owned by the Victorian Education Department. Each one of the centres has a theme and at Ecolink, our theme here is based around the environment and sustainability. So all the programs we run here are based on environment, sustainability, biology and so on. Oh, it's a gorgeous place. I mean, I'm in the middle of the day. So just by the heads up, we just ran a, um, a, bit, of a bit of a deep dive for some um, high school teachers in a variety of different schools around Victoria, um, all around just a project in STEM, which um, we can definitely want to have a chat about yes. soon. But certainly walking around Ecolink, I mean... You've got a lot of stuff in this space. It's not just a series of classrooms. Okay, so at Ecolink we have programs here where students come in from all over um, Victoria, schools from Victoria. Um, so they come in for day programs and we run things from prep foundation right through to year 12. 
and we have a lot of very expensive science equipment that uh, schools couldn't afford to have. So. Oh yeah, I mean you you were showing the uh, gel electrophoresis. We had HPLC. We had all sorts of stuff. Uh, we've got um, atomic absorption spectrometers. We've got infrared spectrometer. We run PCR, polymerase chain reaction machines. We've got a whole range of things that are within the curriculum that schools can't afford the equipment. Yeah, and um, specialist teachers have been working in environment and things for quite a while, which is just, you know, it's cool. And um, so tell me, how long have you been doing this sort of stuff? Okay, so, well, the science teaching thing I've been doing for about 40 years, mm-hmm. um, but I've worked at EcoLink, this is my fourth year here, um, and I'm the specialist chemistry teacher. Um, and so I take a lot of the VCE chemistry programs, um, year 11 and 12. But then uh, there are some days where they say, hey, Bob, no year 11 and 12, you're teaching preps. Quite <laughs> a difference. <laughs> it's a bit of a difference. It is. So, I mean, as a specialist chemistry teacher, I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff you can obviously teach about. But what made you go, you know what, I'm going to start working for a place like EcoLink? Okay, so um, I've been a science teacher, as I said, for about 40 years. Um, I went into school administration, so I was an assistant principal at a large secondary school. And uh, I then moved to a, another one of those, which was at a, a, in Warrnambool. So I was living in Ballarat. I moved, was about, about to move to Warrnambool. And the science, special science centre was about to be set up in Ballarat. So I applied for the job there and was successful. And so I spent uh, 18 months on a building site, getting the building and everything decked out, equipment, staff, um, and then programs. And I was there for six years getting that done. And then I decided to retire, go and do other things, and that lasted three weeks. And I was contacted <laughs> by EcoLink to come and work here, which that's now four years I've been here. And it's not just face-to-face with students, which, by the way, that's by and large. I mean, you guys deal over 20,000 students or something. Like yes. you're, not, you're, not, you're not small. No. Um, no. But the, uh, the professional development, though, has got to be really rewarding that you do yes. here. So we run, uh, cl- as we've said, classroom things for students, but we also run uh, teacher development programs. So today we've been involved in the, what's called the VISTA, uh, program. Uh, there was some funding from the Education Department and we've put together a program looking at improving how to, for teachers to become better teachers in terms of pedagogy, content knowledge, um, innovation and so on. And today was our fourth face-to-face session but as you know we've been doing a lot of video conferencing as well as part of that. Yeah, we're running it through our WebEx teams. Anyone that's uh, familiar with that Cisco product, that's what we're using. Um, and, and that's been rolled out right across Victoria. Uh, but the, um, it's been actually quite fun. And connecting with the teachers prior to actually turning up on the day is always, you know, it actually produces somewhat of a, a community. Yes, yeah, so what's been really good about this program is develop some really good friendships, relationships, and so that now we can have some really good, clear conversations, honest conversations, rather than... If you're the first time you meet, you're always a little bit guarded. <laughs> but now we've got to the point where the 20 people involved, it's become a really good, um, high-quality experience to be involved in. Absolutely. And, um, and so I know that um, where I was involved is only just a, one part of a bigger package. I mean, you're going right through pedagogical principles, right through to ideation, the whole, yes. whole kit and caboodle. So we've tried to cover, as I said at the end of the day, a whole range of things. Uh, pedagogical practice, uh, yeah, the, the curriculum planning. We looked at a whole lot of different tools, 
um, and just trying to make teachers aware of all the resources that are available um, and things that you wouldn't normally think of, like uh, Pinterest. Yes. Um, you know, that look at that, have a look, and there is an amazing amount of stuff on. And that's actually half the challenge because, I mean, these days we're swamped by just information. It's trying to work out which information is the best information is half the trouble, yes. isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was interested today having a look at how the people that were working on projects here, um, they just have the time when they can just sit down and spend concentrated quality time on a project. Um, it was fantastic today. Yeah, well, it, was, it was really a lot of fun. I mean, and the thing is, though, like, I mean, you, you've been obviously teaching for quite a while, and there's going to be an unfair question in a lot of ways. But I mean, if you knew that you had just, I don't know, just, I don't know, school arrives late this afternoon, they've arrived on the bus, and they go, you just go, you really feel sorry for them, and you just want to run a thing that makes them happy, yeah. whatever it would be. <laughs> it, like, out of all these things that are in EcoLink, out of all the fun different lessons, and seriously, there's a lot of yeah. stuff. I mean, I just saw, this as a side note, I think it's the University of Queensland that created this really uh, back at, off the back of the uh, you how to do some gel electrophoresis out of margar- yeah. margarine <laughs> container, which is just brilliant. Um, but out of all the experiments and things that are around here, what's your go-to that you go, you know what, I know, regardless of what kid's age, they're going to love this? Um, the one that it doesn't matter whether they're tiny little kids or they're senior kids, it's uh, macroinvertebrates mm. and being able to look at pond water and look at the ver- variety of macroinvertebrates. And from the little kids, it's just awe, uh, right up to the senior kids where they want to know what these particular bugs are. Macroinvertebrates to go to. Um, yes, that would be the ones, man. Well, absolutely, especially with that room that's been set up with a microscope, with a digital camera. Uh, digital camera going through to your uh, interactive whiteboard, which is just not so an interactive whiteboard, it's something else, isn't it? It's a, a high-definition um, Cisco product, um, mm. massive big TV screen. It's gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, you can imagine you have these little Daphne just swimming around really fast. In fact, I was struggling trying to keep it on the camera, but once you do, it was in high definition. Yeah. It looked beautiful. Yeah, so the, the new camera we've only just bought to go with the microscope. So... Um, we didn't look at the full range of things today with the, the teachers, but uh, when you put a worm on there and you can actually see the other little bugs that are living on the worm, uh, that's pretty amazing stuff, you know? Yeah, when, you, when you're when you putting a camera through a microscope, all of a sudden you're <laughs> on a high-definition oh. board, you, it's going to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, one of that I didn't show today was that uh, with that particular setup, with the young worms that are transparent, mm. you can actually see hearts and all sorts of stuff inside. You can see what's happening internally in the animal. Oh, you'd be able to like, see peristalsis in action. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. It's cool. Hey, now, you're a, you know, you're a chemistry teacher by trade. I mean, I, I just love asking people this sort of stuff because I always love to know what makes people tick. Chemistry experiments, there's so many. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so if you had, like, not so much in year 11 or 12 and using all the fancy stuff, but if you're in front of a, I don't know, a bunch of parents yes. wanting to teach their 10-year-old kids just some chemistry that works. I mean, what sort of stuff would you point uh, to? I think I'd go to basically the household products you've got at home. Yeah. And there's so many different chemistry reactions you can just use with household things, uh, uh, whether it's uh, you've got vinegar as an acid, you've got bicarb soda as a base, you can take beetroot juice or you can take, um, you know, different things as indicators that will change colours. Yeah. There's a whole range of things that you can just use with household products at home 
That'd be the sort of thing I'd go to encourage people if you want to get your kids involved in things. Um, and it can be, look, you've got Ajax Cleaner as a base and you've got a whole range of things there. You don't have to go and buy a chemistry set. No, absolutely not. I mean, yeah. you're right. I mean, the the anything from the red cabbage or beetroot juice yes. through to, I believe you can get this, and this is a little bit more specialist, but you can get this pea flower extract, which will actually change colour too. Yes. Which is very cool. And apparently they put it in uh, various um, drinks these days. I've, I've actually seen it gives a lovely, I think it's purple colour. Yeah. Um, a mocktail. It's been yeah, used yeah, in yeah. mocktails. Um, yeah, we had a bit of a look at that. Um, you can buy it on eBay, I think. God, amazing what you can buy on eBay and Amazon. <laughs> and whatever product you can find on the net, it's, it's unreal. Um, so, I mean, this was awesome at um, Ecolink. It's one of six centres. So what are the other five centres? Okay, so th- the other five centres all have their own themes. So there's uh, uh, VSEC, which is a Victorian Space Science Education Centre, and that's based at Strath- Strathmore High School in Melbourne. And they run a whole lot of programs based around space science. So they have a, a program where students can don the uh, space suits and go on to a simulation mission to Mars. Uh, and they, one half of the class is on the Mars landscape. Uh, and it's an amazing simulation. And oh, it looks for real. Yeah, and uh, the other half are in mission control. And they have a program. They have to direct their person on Mars as what they've got to do and things like that. Um, they have a, a number of other programs as well, so but all they're themed around space science. Um, Biolab down in Geelong is based around sports science and material science. So they've got a uh, relationship with Geelong Football Club, and so they do a lot of sport uh, statistics and data analysis and uh, human physiology. Um, EarthEd, which is based in Ballarat, uh, is Earth Sciences, or good old Ballarat and its goldfields. Um, but it also has a strong renewable energy component, and I, I spent a, a time there setting that one up. Uh, so there's a lot of wind farms around Ballarat, so we had programs where you could go out to the wind farm and um, go right up to the base of the tower and yeah. uh, take kids out to that close to the wind farms. Um, GTAC, which is the Gene Technology Access Centre, um, it's based at University High in the city, and its programs all around cellular biology, microbiology. Probably aim more at senior senior kids, but they do a lot of programs as well. And uh, Quantum Victoria is out at Charles Latrobe, and it runs a whole lot of STEM type programs and activities. Is that six, Ben? I think. And I think five. We're, we're five <laughs> plus yours, <laughs> five, <laughs> which will keep you busy. Yeah. But, I mean, these things are amazing because I mean, um, I mean. Uh, those people not in Australia, Australia has a number of states and they've all got different ways of delivering education and Victoria does this really well from a science end by having these specialist science centres which for public schools are very accessible. Yes, so for Victorian public schools the programs are all uh, free and for disadvantaged and regional kids the buses are also supplied so really it's only a matter of booking a class in, booking a bus and the education department then actually pays for that. Which brings in its own issues, because <laughs> if, if you're free and you're good, people want you. Want you. So we are booked out within two or three weeks of uh, bookings opening each year. All right, so if you're listening in, grab a pen or pull over to the side of the road or whatever you're doing, because there is a date that you actually do need to be aware of. Yeah, so most of, the, most of these centres start their bookings uh, first day of term four, which is 
Oh, now Ben. Oh, now <laughs> All I know is that uh, one of the teachers October. said October 1 or something like that. She was like, on the ball. You've got to be there October 1. Yeah. But I do know you guys can, you can subscribe and find that out, right? Yes. So if you go to the websites and look up um, Ecolink, and that's E-C-O-L-I-N-C, Ecolink, um, you can find where our bookings are, and there's links to the other science centres off that as well. Now, of course, like every, every time, we always put those links in the show notes, so you'll be able to check those out for sure. Yep. Um, now, what's what I always like to, to sometimes get into, which is, you know, it's always good. You always hear about what works really well, and then people often don't talk about what's not gone well. <laughs> <laughs> like when, things have sort of, when things have gone pear-shaped. And the reality is, if you've been teaching for long enough, yep. things have gone pear-shaped. They're just going to. Ah, uh, well, yes. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to, you know, you don't have to put, incriminate anyone, but have you ever had a situation where you've gone, you know what, this lesson's clearly not humming, and it was, it's kind of funny as to what was going on, as to why? Like, uh, I've, I've probably got a number of ones that, that you could go, um, the day I had to stand up and take over the class from the student teacher, mm. when she just froze and said, sorry kids, I can't remember any of this, and walked out. And walked out. <laughs> walked out. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that was a number of years ago. Uh, we had one here the other day where um, one of the grade one kids um, got so excited they wet their pants when they were doing the macroinvertebrates. Oh, that'll happen. Actually, I think I've had a couple of throw-ups. Especially with a heart dissection, by the way. Yeah, a, a couple of vomits over the time. Yes, they're always good fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, there's... Things that go wrong in the management side, but mm. there's sometimes you plan a lesson that you think is going to be a, a ripper, and for some reason it just goes flat. And I think at some stage you need to just look at it and go, nah, not working. Uh, we need to sort of review this. And I think the more experienced you are, you're actually able to flip it around and, you know. And usually not overly get hang up about it. Again, you know what, it's clearly not working, guys. Just come back, Chill. sit down, we've got another plan. Yeah. Um, mm. I think if, you, if people who know me know that it's just fairly flexible and you just have to be able to go, no, clearly that was not going to work. Well, the reality is with this lesson stuff, and especially as curriculum's moving and whatnot, it's an iterative process. It keeps changing and you build on what you've learnt, what's yes. worked and what hasn't worked. I mean, Rome's not built in a day. It's a cliche for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's very true. One, one of the things I think, um, starting out as a beginning teacher, um, you're just swamped with what you have to be able to do, and you know it's everything from where the biro's kept in the school or the paper or the whatever to actually planning lessons and things. Um, beginning teachers are one of the, must be one of the most stressful things there is to do um, because there's not many other jobs where for 45 minutes or an hour you're locked in a room with adolescents, 25 and adolescents. You, and you've got to know what you're doing and there's no help coming there's any no time. Coming. That's right. I mean, yeah, absolutely right. I mean, a mechanic, a mechanic has to learn how to be a mechanic and then when they're being a mechanic, they've still got people around them to help them while yes. they're being a mechanic. Yes. And, and they're probably only working on one car at a time. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's challenging but also rewarding at the same time. Oh, yes. Mm. I, look, I love teaching. I love every part of it. I mm. enjoy working with kids. I've really particularly enjoyed this VISTA Teacher PD. Yeah. Uh, it's been an opportunity to meet other teachers that share the expertise. Um, and, you know, I've been around for a fair while, but I, I've learned stuff in today's program. Just um, people go, oh, what have you tried this? Year? Wow, what a brilliant idea. I wish I'd seen that 20 years ago. And that's the beauty about actually um, not just running PD within your own school, but actually spending time with other school leaders. Because then you get this cross-pollination. Yes. And actually having the time to chat, because I mean, I, I mean, you've been and I've certainly been to enough conferences where it's, it's a lot of sage on stage, 
and then you move to the next stage on stage, then you go to lunch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about it. I, I think that was what was really good about today's program. We, uh, you took us through those um, planning techniques mm. and then to be able to sit down with people and look at how they developed a concept, an idea, and then took that to now we're working on this as a project. Um, I, I was really taken today with how people actually got into that. Now it's good and, fun. And like those sort of sessions. So uh, um, the idea is that we just basically pose this idea of unlimited budget, unlimited materials, resources, time, everything. What would a really cool STEM project look like, like for real? Yeah. And give us a hundred ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually daunting to hear that, but once you start actually getting into it, things start to come out, and then you go right. Well, let's now focus on one that now potentially will work. And then how are you going to do it? Yes. Now give me more ideas. <laughs> and it works. One of the things that I saw today that came out of today was uh, one of the schools have been talking about revamping their chemistry yeah. 7 to 10 program. Um, and by the end of the day, it had switched around becoming thematic with food as one part of it. Mm. Um, and so they've moved a long way from a very traditional approach to teaching science, chemistry, to incorporating a lot of really innovative ideas yeah. Um, and it was good to see them being able to move through to that. It was really nice, nice to watch that happen because um, you know these, the sessions are really are usually working when you have when you can just stand back and it just all just happens at this point. Yes, because <laughs> it's amazing how many how much people actually genuinely know if they're given time to actually express it. Yes, I, I, and and um, each group contributing to other ideas that other people have was oh, really important to that. I reckon they could spend a lot of time. They could have easily done that for sure. <laughs> We did use a lot of post-it notes and butchers. Yes, paper. we kind of yes we did. But this is an eco-link place, so that's all paper. It's all recyclable, <laughs> so we're okay. Now um, there'll be science centres listening in, or there'll be uh, collegiate groups or yep. in school districts who work together to sort of you know do STEM accelerators and things. I mean, um, what sort of advice would you give to someone running a science centre like this to do this sort of stuff? Um, that's a pretty broad general It's question. very broad and nasty. <laughs> so, and you've got three minutes starting now. <laughs> uh, look, the, the idea of having these uh, science centres um, came about, the oldest one's about 15 years, maybe pushing 18 years old. Mm. So the idea's been around for a while. Um, and they are a great place for innovation. Mm. Um, they're a great place for to come and actually kids to experience um, equipment that they would never see yeah. and um, some innovative programs. Uh, they see a different way of teaching. Um, yeah, so part of the uh, science centre like this, if you're somewhere maybe in a different part of the world, yeah. is you can't be a school. Yeah, you can't deliver what can be done in school. You have to be able to think outside the box and think, how can I be different than a different experience than kids would have at a school? Saying that we're not a museum, mm. um, we're not a we're an educational facility, so we fit somewhere between, uh, um, you know, like a place like the Exploratorium in San Francisco or um, Questacon in Canberra, but we're a smaller version, but it's prime. It's still teaching kids. It's not an experiential. It's like a Franken education between the museums and schools, <laughs> and yeah, and I, and we feel the same way at physics. Yes. We're still we're ex-teachers. We want to be teachers, but with stuff that you can't always get. Yes, yeah. and, that, and that's always the thing. And the thing is also too. I mean, um, people come to a place like this, then sometimes feel that their facilities may not be adequate. And it turns out they actually are. 
Yeah, one, well, I think one of the key, Ben, is that it's not the facilities, yeah. it's the people within the facilities, their creativity, how they work, their, their, the way they interact with the kids and so on, that actually makes the centre. Um, you could teach in a tin shed if you've got passionate people who are interested in engaging students and uh, have the knowledge of how to do that. Absolutely, and you see with the World Teacher Prizes and whatnot, some amazing teachers really working with very little. Yes, yeah. And yeah. they're geniuses at what they do to be able to hold those kids. Can you imagine holding these kids around science when you haven't got even much stuff hanging around in the yeah. first place to do it? I, I think the creativity comes in uh, what resources you can find and adapt. Exactly. Um, you know, that you can suddenly go to the kitchen cupboard and, or whatever and drag out the vinegar and bicarb soda. Yeah. Use those sort of reagents and get creative, and um, you know, use the resources that are around. But um, science centres have to be different than a than a school, but we're not a museum. So, uh, very good. So, Bob, uh, thanks very much for popping on this, and thanks very much also for putting all that effort into the Vista program and everything else that you're doing. EcoLink, it's an amazing site, and uh, well done, Ben. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed today. It's been a great program. Right, okay, again. thanks, mate. Okay, bye. You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. Why don't you book us for a science show or workshop in your school? We love seeing students get excited about science, and you will too. Go to physicseducation.com.au and click on Schools for more info. So there we go. What do you think? Is it worth jumping on Ecolink's website? Yes. Is it worth visiting them? Absolutely. Now, obviously, if you're overseas, it's going to be a little bit challenging, of course, but I still recommend getting in touch with Bob and the team at Ecolink because they can certainly help you out with ideas for teaching environmental science and maybe put you in direction in different ways for other science and technology innovation centres around Victoria. So I hope you got a lot out of it. It was really good hanging out with the team uh, when we did that uh, Teacher Professional Development Day with, with uh, a number of schools around Victoria. And uh, I really look forward to catching up with them another time. Anyway, it is the end of this particular episode. We've got still more stuff coming up. I hope you have a fantastic afternoon or morning or whatever you're doing, and I'll catch you another time. You've been listening to another Physics Ed podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au